I like to make sure before I really get to know someone that they're going to be accepting of the fact that my dogs really come first. This is Frisky. North of 60. We bring you stories about love Love and dating dating in the North. I'm your host, Karen McCall, and I'm joined by co-host... Jordan Patrick. We're recording in Whitehorse, Yukon, north of the 60th parallel. Where it's winter seven whole months of the year. (laughs) You need to find someone to keep you warm, that's for sure. Jordan, we got some fan mail. Yay! Our first fan mail! It's our first fan mail. Well, okay, I shouldn't say it's fan mail, actually. It's a woman we interviewed uh, in episode six, Erica in oh, and Stuart. Stuart. Yeah, uh, Stuart Population 400. I believe one of her quotes in that interview was, you know, if you're looking for love, don't expect to find it in Stuart. <laughs> but that. she messaged me this week and she said she's dating someone. And she kind of joked that the doing the podcast was good luck. And she said, he's the sweetest man she's ever dated. And she's so happy. Aww. Yeah. You're welcome. So maybe You're come welcome, on our America. podcast and we'll help you find love. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to be interviewed and find the love of your life, apparently, you know, thank you, Erica. And uh, that's, that's a wrap. Right. I mean, let's not say it's the love of her life. We don't know yet, but she's very happy. So that's a good oh, no. start. This episode is about dating and dogs and kind of where the two intersect. And in the Yukon, I don't I don't know what the stats are, but there's a lot of dogs per capita here. Jordan, you have a dog. You have a golden retriever puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, walking a puppy around on the street is a good way to meet other people, but how do you find, has that been like challenging for your dating life? Like your dog has a lot of energy. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, like most puppies, right? People keep telling me, oh, she'll calm down, you know? And I'm like, I look at her and she doesn't stop moving. I got tired just watching. So yeah, no, to answer your question, it has been, um, it's been, it's taken up some space in my life and it's tiring and there's a love and hate aspect to it. But uh, more love than hate, and it has helped and hindered in some cases. Like some people, even uh, you know, say in their description, in their in their let's say online profile, like I'm not into dogs. Um, I'm allergic to cats. Um, I'm willing to take something to help me live with a cat, but it's not ideal. Um, and so, someone I've dated has just didn't know how to be around dogs. Um, and was uncomfortable. And I think for her, that was kind of like a deal breaker, imagining trying to live with an, with a dog or any animal. Um, whereas my current partner is like in love with the dog to the point where we have to say it's our dog now. And, uh, you know, and I see the way my dog just runs to her past me when (laughs) we get in the door. So yeah, it's certainly enriched my relationship, but, um, it's also been a deal breaker for others which is fine nothing Mm -hmm. nothing wrong some people are dog people some people aren't how about you it's part of the package you have a dog right now well i also just three weeks ago started taking care of a dog yeah she's pretty easy i have to say um but my like most yukoners we like to take our dogs everywhere and this was just a friend i was going to a friend's house and i was like hey can i bring my dog she's really well behaved and she said you know actually like i'm looking trying to improve the air quality in my cabin i'd prefer if you didn't and i appreciated that honesty so you know if i was dating her maybe that would be a problem but i'm not so it's all good <laughs> so um 
In today's interview, we're speaking with KB, who lives in a cabin an hour outside of Whitehorse, and dogs are a big part of her life. She has two, Ginny and Pearl. Um, In our conversation, there's a few sort of words that came up that I'm just going to briefly explain, because for people outside the Yukon, they might be new words, like handler. Uh, That's a word that's somebody who helps with the dog team, so a sled dog team. So that could be uh, feeding the dogs, exercising the dogs picking up poop, that sort of thing. That's what a handler is. I wonder if that also maybe refers to something within the FET community. Just just throwing out that question. I don't even know what the FET community well, is. The fetish so, community. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's a thing. <laughs> maybe. Um, also, a word that came up is treat puzzle, which when I heard treat puzzle, I thought I could figure out what that means. But um, in case you're not really sure, it's basically like hiding treats in different household items to engage your animals. So I guess there's actually a term for that. It's called canine enrichment. And if you want to know more, you can read about it online. I'm sure that's a fetish too. (laughs) I'm going to cut out all this stuff about fetishes. No, you're not. (laughs) Um, Also tripod. Um, KB will tell us one of her dogs is a three-legged dog. So she talks about the tripod community and that's like a community online of people who have three-legged dogs who are working to rehabilitate them. So that's pretty What sweet. is it? A tri-dog? Tripod. Oh, like okay. Like three, three legs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go now to the interview. You might hear Pearl whining a little bit in the background because we were at KB's cabin and Pearl is a very excited dog. So if you hear heavy breathing, that's Pearl and the whining too. (laughs) And not Karen. At the end of the interview, after the credits roll, I asked KB to give Howl into the microphone. You're actually not KB, but I asked her dog to howl. She got her dog to howl, I should say, rather. It's quite cute. And I also asked KB if she could give me some tips on getting my little sled dog to sit because sled dogs have no training, like in indoor pet training. And so when I tell her to sit, she just like looks at me and I push her bum down and it doesn't work. Anyway, so I asked KB for those tips. So those are after the credits roll at the very end of the interview, along with the dog howl. I'm KB. I'm in my mid-30s and I go by she. And you live at a tiny cabin an hour outside of Whitehorse. Can you tell me a little bit about your uh, your life here and sort of your lifestyle, I guess? Yes. Actually, dogs brought me to this cabin. So I live in a very tiny cabin, um, somewhat off the grid. I am connected here by a single power cord. And that power cord is connected to a friend who has a dog team. And so I exchange my services and taking care of her dogs for some basic amenities like electricity and showers and laundry. Right. So your power cord, that's literally like you have a a few plugs that come off of that. And that's kind of it. That's it. I strung 500 feet up through the trees last summer. And that's all I have. So I just have to be really careful about my consumption. But so far, it's done me good. No running water, clearly. So you uh, you grab that from, I guess, a, a facility nearby. Yes, there's a facility nearby and you could just fill your blue jugs. And that's what a lot of us in this area do. Um, and your cabin is, uh, is it like 200 square feet? No, probably no. It's probably like 100. Probably closer to 100. <laughs> We've got your dogs here, Pearl. And what's your other dog's name? Ginny. Can you tell me a little bit about how um, the worlds of dating and dogs kind of collide for you? So currently not dating much. Um, My dog had a pretty major surgery this year, so it's been all on her. She had her leg amputated, so it's a pretty huge recovery. And I just wanted to make sure that I could spend 
all my time and energy on rehabbing her. Um, but even when she's doing well, I'm pretty attached to them. Uh, they're my pet dogs, and I really prioritize them in my life. So if I'm not able to have a good setup for my dogs, then I don't go. So if I'm dating someone and they have roommates and they don't allow dogs and they're not willing to drive an hour outside of town, then it's just not going to work, and I just nip it in the bud. Okay, we'll get a bit more into that in a few minutes, but um, can you just tell me, like, growing up, did you have dogs? Were you always uh, really liking dogs? Absolutely. Um, I always really connected with dogs, probably more than people, if I'm honest. Um, my family did get a dog when I was, I believe, 12, after I begged my entire life. And yeah, absolutely. She was my best friend, and she lived till she was about 18 years old. Um, I didn't have another dog until two years ago when I got Pearl. Um, but I did start working with sled dogs a little over three years ago. I discovered the sport and how much I love working with a big pack of dogs. And that's uh, that's actually what brought me north. Okay, so you started working with like a sort of commercial sled dog expedition sort of? Yeah, just a, a small kennel and they needed a guide. So I jumped in one day just to help and she hired me and before long I was running the whole kennel. Um, but she was actually looking to get out of dog sledding and she wanted me to buy the kennel but I said no thanks and instead came up north and started my journey um, dog sledding and living in small cabins. <laughs> so now you just uh, dog sled more for fun with friends who have dog teams? Yes yeah I'm definitely more of a handler than a racer so in the dog sledding world a lot of people will start out handling because they want to race dogs. But I've never, ever really had that aspiration. For me, it's all about the dogs. So I really enjoy training people's puppies. And I have a lot of friends who have dog teams. So I'm always happy to jump in, um, take care of their dogs while they go on dates, <laughs> um, or help them run their teams, um, just to help get mileage on the dogs for their training. Um, but I have no aspiration of my own to own a big team or anything. I just, I just like having pets. So you're pretty content with your two. Yeah, there are a lot, so I'm pretty happy with them. Speaking, I guess, of uh, how so how, how dogs sort of factor into relationships, we'll start with sort of like, I wouldn't say like the negative, but sort of some of like the challenges that you alluded to with having dogs and like trying to navigate that with, with your dating life. Like you said to me earlier that like they, t they kind of physically take up a lot of space. That's one thing. <laughs> physically take up a lot of space yeah and they require a lot too I'm not I'm not really big on just letting my dogs sit I like to make sure that they have really full lives and so a lot of my time and energy goes into them as well as my physical space um, and I absolutely couldn't date someone who didn't love dogs because I always want to include my dogs in my day you said also like for a while you actually didn't have time to date because you were working on rehab with your dog that had the amputation. Can you maybe just tell me a little bit about that process and how you worked with that trainer? That's a pretty neat story. Okay, sure. Yeah. So um, my dog was born with a genetic defect. So I adopted her and she's a really high energy sled dog. She's young. Um, and this year it was decided that she, she did need to have her amputation done. The first two weeks of recovery, they have staples and a very severe wound. Um, so you cannot exercise them much. They're on bed rest. They're sedated. Um, my dog is 
rather hyper even when she is sedated. So I had to watch her pretty much around the clock. I even took the legs off my bed to make sure that she didn't jump up and down. And uh, I was always having her on the leash when she was outside. Um, then after that, they get their staples out. They're a little more capable, but now they've lost most of their muscle mass from being bedridden for so long. So you have to really ease them back into their activity. So you start really, really small, um, but with a hyper dog like this one, really high energy, you have to also keep their mind occupied. So I spent a lot of my day just doing little treat puzzles and teaching her different tricks and doing little games so that she wouldn't be so pent up. Um, are you okay to talk to about the trainer that you connected with on Zoom? Oh. Yeah, sure. Um, so I connected with a rehab specialist and she's definitely the highest recommended one. Um, there is a website for tripod recovery and I found her through that site, highly recommended. And she just worked with me to make sure that my dog's gait was really forward and to make sure that her flexibility was good. So I showed her kind of what I was doing and what Pearl was doing on her own. And since then, um, I just sent her the odd question and she's able to, to help me just to make sure that, that Pearl is recovering at her optimal. So how, how do you encourage a dog to tr uh, change its gait? I wouldn't know because my dog has been absolutely perfect. Um, essentially, you need to make sure that your dog has excellent core strength. So the main way to do that is through balance. So the dog actually will put the front legs up higher than the back legs, and then you push the dog from side to side until they almost fall over. And the more you do that, the stronger their core gets. My dog actually hunts in the wood pile for rodents. So that's perfect. It's like her Pilates. And then um, you just make sure you do lots of massage with them and then make sure that they're flexible. Um, they're going to be having a lot of extra impact on the shoulders and on the back leg that's remaining. Well, in her case, she's a rear leg amputee. So you just want to make sure that everything's flexible, everything's massaged out, and that there's a lot of strength in the core. And uh, you said you started off uh, doing canacross with her, like running attached to her, but now she's gotten so fast that you can bike draw with her as well, like be pulled behind uh, the dog with the bike. Yes. So she's very happy now that she doesn't have to run at my speed. Um, so we're out on a fat bike and she's attached to a harness and she can pull me on the flats. Uphill, I give her a bit of help. And then downhill, she can run as fast as she wants. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so I guess, uh, yeah, what are, the, what are the types of activities that you like to do with your dogs? Because presumably those are the kinds of activities that you would maybe try to include the person you're dating in too. So with my own dogs, it is a little isolating because they don't really walk and they're not able to be, well, Pearl's not able to be loose. So I tend to exercise them outside of dating. Um, but when I was a dog sled guide, of course, you always have people who want to go dog sledding. Um, so I have certainly taken people dog sledding when I worked as a guide, but of course they had to help with chores first. Hey, that, that's a good trade-off. <laughs> Absolutely. It's only fair. When you said you don't walk them, that, or they can't walk, that means like they're not like on-leash dogs that you can just take on these like little walks around town and stuff. 
Correct. Yeah. So they um, they do want to pull and run all the time. If I am walking her on the leash, it's intentional walking. So she's receiving commands constantly. So I, I actually can't have much of a conversation when she's on the leash. Um, we don't go on leisurely walks. We just go fast. <laughs> Uh, so I guess this is obviously a conversation that must come up quite quickly when when you're starting to get to know somebody. Absolutely. I like to make sure before I really get to know someone that they're going to be accepting of the fact that my dogs really come first. And I'm not, I'm not willing to just leave them overnight alone when they're not used to that. So I do need to have them either in this person's home if I'm going to be with them or they would just come here. And we've certainly had other dogs in the house as well. So I've dated other people who own dogs. And of course, it's really nice when they get along. Right. Um, I guess are there, there must be some examples, unfortunately, when relationships didn't work because of um, the dogs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, just people who can't receive the dogs and who don't want to commit to commute an hour outside of town. I completely understand why that would fizzle out. Um, but there's also, uh, you have some stories about how um, you've met people through dogs, like the dog industry and whatnot. Uh, can you tell me a story about that? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so there is a glacier camp in the Juneau area, or there are several. And I was working for someone and assisted him in bringing his dog team to this camp outside of Juneau. And on the way back, I met another dog handler who I really connected with he was in a relationship so we had our connection and then it was over um several months later actually i saw him on tinder and he is american so i was surprised to see him he was in town for the breakout west festival and he invited me to join him and i said i'm sorry i'm dismantling a dog pen from a friend and bringing it to my house because i really want to get this pen ready before the the frost happens and he said, you know what, I'd rather do that. So that was really cool. He came out and helped me dismantle the dog pen. And we had a lovely little romance. Um, and then he went on his merry way. And later that winter, I said, you know, I'd love to go on a road trip. Uh, maybe I can come see you in Fairbanks. So I did. I drove all the way to Fairbanks and um, stayed in the yurt with his dog and my two. We went ski joring with uh, our dogs together. And it was a really lovely time. And we're still in touch, and we mostly just send each other pictures and anecdotes of our dogs. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Um, so he, yeah, so your first and second impression of him, I guess, was he was willing to forego Breakout West, which is a music festival that was in Whitehorse, to basically do manual labor with you. Yeah, and he understood why it was important as a fellow um, dog-obsessed person. And uh, and then you felt the connection was strong enough that you drove. How like how far is that in the winter to Fairbanks? Maybe twelve hours. Yeah, it was about twelve hours each way, and that was a huge motivation. Of course, I really wanted to take my dogs on a big road trip in the winter, and we did end up getting stuck in a blizzard and sleeping in my car. I guess uh, what what's that expression like a two dog night? Meaning how many dogs you need to keep you warm, kind of thing. So that must have been a two dog night, I guess. It, it was a two dog night. Um, yeah, me and my uh, my dad jokes. <laughs> um, do you? Um, I guess. Yeah. What do you like about dogs? I guess I just love 
their spirit. I love that um, everything they do is really unconditional and they really live in the moment. I find that I really relax around dogs. Um, they're predictable once you get to know them really well. And once you establish a routine with them, um, you, can, you can really count on what they're going to give back to you. And I absolutely love working with sled dogs because you just see them working so hard as a team. You see the leaders problem solving. You see the wheel dogs, which are the dogs in the back, and they're just in the zone. And I just love being out on the trail with them and rewarding them for their hard work. And I just feel like, you know, this is such a, a complicated world to navigate as a human. And when you can just take a step back and just enjoy the joy of going fast on the trail or the joy of just like rolling around and snuggling. Um, I just, I just really find that it brings me back into myself. That was a fantastic answer. Why? Thank you. <laughs> um, so one of the things I was thinking because uh, you live in a cabin and, you know, we hear about cabin fever and sort of isolation, like to what extent are dogs a good enough sort of like replacement for human company, let, let alone relationships? Yeah, they're great. Uh, they provide the emotional support. So if you just want to stay home and you just want something there to comfort you and, you know, in my case as well, just something to take care of. Um, I find that I would love to be dating all the time or to have a relationship, of course, but um, rather than being all alone, uh, it's really nice to live with dogs over roommates. Um like I said, they're predictable. Um, they love me when I come home. They love me when I ask them to. Um, they're super grateful whenever you take care of them. And then they just motivate me to exercise and get out. Uh, you might have noticed I live in a really beautiful area and have access to a lot of really beautiful trails. So it's so nice to just have someone, something, my dog, every day just begging to go outside. So. Do you talk to your dogs? I do. I hear it's a sign of intelligence, so I just keep telling myself that it's okay. I guess so. At a, you must get to a certain point um, where you do miss human company as well. I do. Yeah, you you hit a point when you're alone a lot. I'm sometimes alone for weeks at a time. Um, you hit a point where you almost forget how to socialize, and so I found uh, this winter, especially, I've had a, a few winters of just extended periods of isolation, I find that I really have to make myself get out and talk to people. Um, most recently, I, I went to a, a dog sledding race. And so you run into other people who have similar interests to you. And I find that's a really nice way to kind of break the ice. And then if uh, I'm feeling particularly socially awkward that day, then we just talk about dogs and it's easy. Always the common ground. <laughs> Absolutely. Obviously, dogs add a lot to your life. They're a huge part of your life. Do you think dogs can also enrich a relationship with somebody else, with, I guess, the four of you or however many of you there are? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, um, it's kind of a high-maintenance thing uh, to take care of my dogs. So if someone else has a similar routine, it's so rewarding if they can be out ski-joring and I'm bike-joring, for example, or like I said, if we can combine our teams together, or even just if I can put my dog out in the pen with their playful dog and tire them out together. Um, my older dog, Ginny, she's not so playful. 
So if that's the case and we can just count on the fact that our dogs are going to have a great time together and it's going to be enriching for them, then it's easier to make the time to spend with the other person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to ask you too um, about, um, you told us the story about uh, meeting the person on the way to Juno. You also told me earlier that you met someone in Yellowknife because of your work with dogs too. Do you want to mention that a little bit? I will, yeah. So um, this person was living in a little bit of a ramshackle place that they'd pieced together very last minute for winter. And they figured they would never date in their condition of living in this uh, shack in the middle of nowhere. And I happened to be in the middle of nowhere-ish as well, um, right next door to them, taking care of a dog team with my coworkers. And we matched on Tinder. We saw we were less than a kilometer apart which in the north is like huge when you live outside of a town. When you see less than one kilometer away, you match no matter what because it's so worth it to just go and see what this person is about. So him and I just happened to connect and he would actually come out and help me with my chores. So if I was working alone with the dogs, I would give him a heads up and he would come out and first uh, he was picking up the poo and then I promoted him and he was feeding the dogs and he would even uh, cut meat for us so the dogs eat raw meat and you have to cut it from the huge frozen blocks so he would do that help me with snow removal um, and it made it a lot easier to date because at the time I was working literally around the clock I was always on call and the the small amounts of time that I did have off the odd night I could steal away he lived next door so he would come pick me up my coworkers would watch Pearl at the time I only had her and I'd be able to get away for an evening. So it really worked for both of us. Both of us thought, I'm, no, I'm not going to date this winter. There's no way. My situation is too challenging. And then we found each other. And it was just for the winter. But we had a really beautiful time. Wow, that's amazing. That's like, yeah, just so auspicious and um, like low probability of that happening. But so amazing when it does. It was incredible. I taught him how to drive a dog sled and maybe I didn't convert him to loving dogs because he already did, but I certainly converted him to dog sledding. And we even made out on a dog sled on Great Slave Lake. It was safe. We were both driving on the back. It was a big straightaway. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it because I always thought it would be fun. Nice. And so obviously there was no accidents done. (laughs) No, I definitely had one eye wide open on the dogs. So it was safe. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that's neat for sure. Um, And I guess, yeah, you said you met on Tinder. Do you say on your dating profile, like must love dogs or something like that? So you asking me that really makes me feel like I should. I always make sure to hash it out in the first conversation. But um, my Tinder is pretty vague and pretty mysterious. So I try to do most of the getting to know each other through the initial chat before I meet someone. And is that usually just an online chat or do you try to have like a phone conversation too? Usually just online at first. And then um, I go into town for provisions about once a week. So then I will tend to meet them there and put aside an hour for them or something and and then decide if I want to um, invite them to come out to my area. And yeah, I mean, you because you live about an hour outside of Whitehorse, um, I guess you're you're open to dating someone in Whitehorse. You're okay with that commute? Yeah, I've dated people um, in Whitehorse. I've dated people an hour outside town the other way. And then, of course, 
I've gone as far as Fairbanks. So there's nothing really off the table in this area. Have you dated anybody in like the immediate local area of where you are now? Not long term enough. It seems like a lot of travelers come through. So it'll just be a really brief thing. Um, But so far, nobody who has stayed. I think I asked you this on the phone, but um, what's your take on dogs in the bed? (laughs) Um, So my dogs don't sleep with me all the time. Um, I actually kind of train my dogs to know when it's okay and when it's not. So they kind of have to ask to come up on the bed, which I think is so important. Because if your dogs are just coming up whenever they want, they're going to um, join you at inopportune times and possibly ruin the moment. So I have uh, dated people whose dog is al- are always in the bed, um, but generally they're trained to be in the corner or something out of your way. So I've slept in my double bed before with a man, myself, and two dogs. And it was very tight, but it did work. And uh, yeah, as long as my dogs keep their boundaries, then they're totally allowed in my bed. Yeah, that's that's a lot to have um, dogs in the bed sometimes. I actually remember dating this guy once, and I could tell that like if, if I didn't allow the dog in the bed, then it was like if he had to choose between me and the dog, it was going to be the dog. So anyway, that relationship did not last. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me to your cabin, and uh, definitely keep us posted about uh, your dogs and love life. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for making the trip. I hope you enjoy your ski, and it was nice to be reunited with your ski drawer partner because we have met. (laughs) Yeah, so I am taking care of a cute little husky, um, and it turns out through the dog sled world that you recognized her, (laughs) which is kind of funny because you recognize her from far away, too, and I was like, wow, that's impressive, (laughs) but you know your dogs. I do. I feel like I remember more dogs' names than people's names. And um, maybe we should just mention it that um, you unfortunately you didn't have the <laughs> nicest experience with my dog. She's a lovely dog, but but what happened exactly? Uh, she is a lovely dog. So I worked in a, a large dog yard, and she was definitely the most chill, neutral dog in the whole yard. And one day we were moving a team. I was beside them, and this dog tripped me, and I sprained my PCL which then led to me pulling my psoas and not being able to walk for about a week and needing to be taken care of. Um, but I still love her. She's a wonderful dog, and it just became a joke in the, in the team because of all dogs to trip me, it would, of course, be the most chill, neutral dog in the yard. Okay, that's a good warning. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to trust her. She could trip me at any moment. Actually, I was ski drawing with her at Mount Mac, and I sort of got up a bit of speed, and she was kind of trotting beside me, and then I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't step in front of me, and then she did, and I fell, and I was worried I was going to hurt her. Luckily, I didn't, but I tore my pants open, like the zipper all the way to, like, my butt. And I didn't notice that until I got to the curling lounge after I was having a beer and I was like, oh my God, my pants are torn to bits. It's her legacy. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Great. Well, thanks again. This has been a blast. Thank you very much. Music by Jordan Patrick. I did the producing and editing. Do you want to sponsor us so we can hire a real producer? Or maybe you have feedback or want to be interviewed on this show. 
email us frisky north of 60 at gmail.com that's frisky north of 60 at gmail.com or you can find us on social media okay one last thing while i'm here what's your tip for getting an untrained sled dog to sit <laughs> because i cannot get my little doggy to sit <laughs> Uh, definitely patience and consistency. I find that um, if you hold the treat over their head, once they have their head back far enough, they almost automatically sit down. And then you reward them right away with a verbal command. Generally, good girl. And after enough repetition, they will do it. Um, so yeah, just be patient, be patient, be patient, and be consistent as well. Awesome. Um, I thought maybe, um, maybe you're now you sat down. I thought maybe they wanted to breathe into the microphone a little bit and say hello. I might be able to make her howl. Oh yeah, that would be great. Good girl. Thank you. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> Thank you.